Edgy Saw episode. Is 19? it 20? 20. 20. I think so. Woohoo. Academic Excellence Part 2. Hard on the students, soft on the students. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It is episode 20, which we were totally unprepared for being 20. We're going to have party and fireworks. We're adults in Japan now. That's right. We've come of age. (laughs) And actually, that's not actually all that bad of a... um, Tagline? Yeah. Well, and it kind of parallels the thing. I, I think I got most of the sound stuff down these days i think what as as we blow out the speakers all right (laughs) so apologies to anybody who's got headphones whose ears are now bleeding (laughs) please send the bill to scott duarte at education.org and that's right i'll have my people look at it and uh use it for toilet paper there you go all right, I am Scott, and he is... Scott, also, Duarte this end, Chanel on that end. That's right, that's right. Um, My email, well, that's a nice segue. My email is... <laughs> my email is... Coming Scott of age, aren't we? <laughs> almost, someday. <laughs> Scott at education.org. That is education as in the edge of education. Just the spell it out education. for them. E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot O-R-G. What's yours? Mine is Scott Duarte, all one word, all lowercase, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E at education.org. Excellent, excellent. So we also have the forums up. They are running. They are working as far as I know. www.education.org. That's yep. right. So... Uh, we look forward to seeing you there and seeing your input and everything else. So thanks to those who have uh, who have been writing. Appreciate it. Thanks to those who have subscribed. Yes, yes. Um, the uh, iTunes feed is now directly, or I'm pretty sure is all switched over to FeedBurner and uh, everything should be going well. Um, you should have gotten the special delivery one which is a podcast basics on uh, the feed just between the show 19 and this show, which is 20. So it's kind of like 19 and a half. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> you should have got that sometime at the beginning of the week and uh, listen to it, enjoy it, spread it around, hand it out to your friends. Uh, we do produce this on a Creative Commons license, which is a share alike, um, non-commercial license 2.5 which means that you can share it around to all your friends and have them make fun of us as well. And uh, if you do want to sell this podcast for money, please contact us and we will hook you up with some licensing rights, depending on what you want to use it for. So, um, As long as we get paid. That's right. Um, So there's the the, uh, copyright type notice. And stuff. Uh, again, is that all talked about in the podcast? It's in the extra? link. Uh, no, I, I didn't do the Creative Commons thing in the extra. Um, just because I didn't think of it. <laughs> and it's a little bit off topic. But um, we'll, we'll have a copyright Which show. is our backyard, That's man. <laughs> right. It's where I live off topic. Um, 
Let's see. There was one other bit of business. Ah, yes. Podcastthemes.com. www.podcastthemes.com. Big thank you to Mark Blasco uh, for the use of this podcast theme and looking forward to the uh, debut of the new one when that comes in. The so. exclusive education TESOL podcast theme. Exciting. The uh, OST the will be coming out in stores near you. Yeah. Uh, Special two-disc set. <laughs> All your favorite hits. The dance version. The Western <laughs> version. The, the remix. <laughs> Weird Al's going to get a hold of it and we'll be in trouble. Um. Let's see. Yeah, we got uh, what up? What what else on the horizon? Jalt is coming up very soon for us folks here in Japan. Um, we're recording this at the end of October. Don't know when you're going to listen to it, but uh, usually end of the first week of November is the annual Jalt conference. Jalt is uh, Japan Association of Language Teachers. Sounds good to me. Cool. Sounds good to me too. Uh, and that one's coming up next week. We don't Look have a for flyers around just, well, flyers or business cards or whatever we happen to print up or have and, and together. post up pirately. Yep. Uh, those will be up. Uh, we are still waiting to hear <clears throat> from the fine folks at the TESOL organization. Get off your ass. <laughs> uh, on whether or not we will be doing our poster session and uh, video session. Uh, in TESOL in March of 2000, what year is it? April, actually. Okay, April. 2007. 2007. I think the first weekend in April, in April or really? something like that. Cool. All right, so anyway, keep an eye out for that. <clears throat> so those of you who are there in the States, if uh, you may get a chance to see us then and wonder what our ugly mugs look like. Though you can go to the website and, and see that as That's well, yeah. but not in motion. That's right. That's right. Blinding motion. So what are we talking about today? We are doing <coughs> Academic Excellence 2.0, a yes. continuation of it. Um, Variations on a theme. Exactly. I think more in relation to how tough to be grading-wise and what to expect from the students. I think so, yeah. So um, So what's – you want to start, start this one off, Mr. Strict? Uh, <laughs> I, I feel that I am mellowing in my old age. Yeah? I'm 35. We'll start with a little story of when I first came to this university. Um, and we used to have uh, faculty meetings, just the faculty, once a semester to discuss um, any topics that are, uh, that we care to bring up. And so this was probably maybe a week after I got off the plane. Mm -hmm. No one knows me. So we're in this faculty uh, meeting, and usually the newbie teachers just kind of sit back, shut up, and Watching absorb. Yeah. Um, but one of the uh, faculty brought up the question of, or the, the grading policy for IES, mm -hmm. which is our intensive English uh, study students. Yeah, so it's like an honors program. It's an honors program, and you have to maintain an 80 or higher to stay in. Mm -hmm. um, or I guess a 75 on the first semester for probation, and then an 80 for the second semester. Right. And all the faculty were haggling over 
what are the actual guidelines and restrictions grade-wise and so forth. When one of the professors posed the question, well, it doesn't really matter because you just take whatever the low number is, say an 80, and adjust your scale to that. Ooh. And my hand immediately shot up, and I was like, well, this is an honors program. An 80 should be an 80. An right. 80 shouldn't be shouldn't a be 70 80. or right. a 65. If they're passing, then you just automatically give them the lowest grade. And and to me, that's what academic excellence is. Mm-hmm. It's it's making, uh, setting the parameters for what the students. Right. Setting the bar and making sure that uh, you know this is making sure the students know this is what I expect and this is what I will get. Otherwise, you will go bye bye. And keeping it yourself. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I find to be the hardest. Um, because you know I'm a sucker. Mm-hmm. I'm a soft touch when it comes to a sob story, um, and I probably give way too many second chances than anyway, way more than I should. Um, right. You know, particularly for for some of the honors program stuff, I know I'm guilty of it. But um, yeah, I you know it's um, I I do think particularly with something like an honors program, it's really important to have. And this is the thing that I see that doesn't happen enough is there's no um, there's no real criteria for all right <clears throat> everybody's gonna agree on this is an eighty percent. Do you think what do you think that should be agreed on over the faculty so like everybody in the department is kind of working off the same scale? Definitely, definitely. Um, if for this, I mean, this is department wide, the IAS. Right. And so everyone definitely needs to be on the same page for that. But with that said, uh, within the IAS, you have levels A through H, and A being the highest students, and they decide this by TOEFL scores, H being the lowest students. And what constitutes... uh, How do I say this? Hmm. Okay, let me what look. constitutes an 80 in the A class might be different than an 80 in the H class. Right, right. It all depends on on how hard the student, uh, the teachers are. Right. And so that's that's another sticky. Yeah, I mean, problem. You, I, it, I, it kind of goes right back to, I mean, kind of just what you said. I mean, setting the bar and saying, okay, this is what it's going to be, and an 80 should be an 80, not a not a 70, but. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see what the listeners, what situations the listeners have have come across in their experience. I mean, right. because the, the difference between the highest level, the A group, and the lowest level, which is what H we said. Yeah, H. <clears throat> or actually, I, I, I. Um, the the difference between those is fairly noticeable because the uh, the A groups are near native. Right. I mean, you you can still or predominantly. I mean, I have some. I'm teaching A fluent. this this uh, year, <clears throat> and some are just have no business in that, and they'll be failing out. Yeah, yeah. The ones the ones that take the TOEFL test well. Yes, the TOEFL exactly. Te- the TOEFL test is for taking the TOEFL test. 
Yes. It judges how well you do on the TOEFL test. Uh, anyway. So, <laughs> so ETS, please write to Scott at education.org <laughs> and send me some money. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it is an issue as far as, you know, what uh, what goes with, with groups like that. But but it's also it's not an issue here um, as opposed to other programs because let's say for example when I was teaching in Morocco mm -hmm. you had um, academic reading one academic reading two academic writing one academic writing two everyone used the same book everyone taught the same objectives and the same basic things now they didn't give us lesson plans we were free within. Within Some confines to uh, work it our own way, mm -hmm. but at the end of the semester and well midterm and end of the semester, um, all the students took one exam that mm. all the teachers uh, created together. Okay. Um, and so for that, you should have be on the same page of what an eighty is and what a ninety is, what a seventy is. Whereas here, um, everyone teaches their own thing. Right, right. There are a loose set of objectives uh, that you are supposed to achieve. Right. But the way that I would teach my A would be different than the way I teach my H. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. to me, um, the A students are taking the class to gear up to go study abroad. Right. Whereas maybe a fifth of the age classes, uh -huh, uh -huh. there are students who want to really um, improve their English, but they they might not have any intentions of going abroad or, or things to that extent right. or using English that much in their professional life. And so you just – the whole class is geared differently. Mm -hmm. um, but – would I have them, whatever I give them, I still expect, to me, an 80 is still an 80. Right. It might, I might expect less, though, in the work that I give to H than to what I would give A. You mean in volume? Yes. Okay. So just the quantity of work that that H would get might be less. Right. Or or maybe even quality. Um, I might be a hard hiney. Hard, hard butt on how I grade, how strict I grade grammar, punctuation, content to the A, whereas mm -hmm. I might have looser standards for H. For H. And I guess – and I think that's fine as long as, you know, it's, it's a per-class thing. As long as the kids know what's expected for them, of them, um, I, I think probably you're, you're fine either way. You know what I mean? Right. Having a separate, having a separate standard for each class. Um, and when I was teaching IES versus English two, um, my IES kids were first year, and my English two kids were second year. And so I graded them, and even even then, the English two kids got graded a little easier than the than the honors college, mm -hmm. um, because because they they weren't you know diehard English. Exactly. Majors. You know, the, some of them were English majors, but they weren't, you know, maybe the best or whatever. Right. But, I mean, they're all good kids. So, if you're listening, you're still good kids. 
<laughs> I'm sure the board. But yeah, but I mean, that. if I would be one of the first ones to say, yeah, probably for GPA wise, an A for A or B or C level should be a point or half a point higher mm -hmm. than for G, H, and I. Okay. Do it like that. Yep. Yep. Now, what about, okay, so we talked a little bit about quantity. What about, or quality, what about uh, quantity? Do you teach any writing classes this time? Yeah, I have English 2, uh, three sets. Three sets of English 2, okay. Yeah. Um, how many writing assignments, like full writing assignments, do you get from them over a semester? Hmm. It depends. First semester, uh, we're doing primarily... Um, paragraphs or creative writing and I'll expect um, per semester six or seven high quality ones and then mm -hmm. when when I say high quality um, multiple revisions okay um, and then on a weekly basis maybe a paragraph in forum style mm -hmm. where it's just pure content and uh, I don't even look at the grammar. Right, right, right. It's just more um, <clears throat> extensive writing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a writing class this semester, two writing classes, and uh, it's uh, basically five papers total. Paper equaling how many? Uh, one paper is two to four pages. Two papers, three to five. Three papers, three to five, and one paper, four to six. And then all of those are combined into one overall paper that ends up being like between 10 and 20 pages. So actually, you only require one paper. You're just I split it up. staggering well, the deadline. And... It's, it's yes, uh, but each section can be disparate. Oh, I'm just making. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, that is that is what it is. I mean, it, and... I don't tell them that until the end of the first semester. Right. You know, it's like, all right, we're basically okay. You got to write a paper. the the whole The whole class is topic on Japan, and some asp and for each paper, each section, they have to choose a particular topic in that overall topic. Okay. So they they choose some aspect of that to um to write about, and their I tell them their audience is uh foreign foreign people. Mm -hmm. who want to learn more about about the country and so you know it's like their overall topic might be festivals and then they talk about one festival and then a different festival and then a different festival and then they put all these together and then they have a really nice you know fairly lengthy paper about you know festivals in japan mm -hmm. uh, the key is trying to get them to rewrite before that end paper right that's the one that that's the biggest problem that i've had is to have them actually get in there and do a full revision without me. Well, it depends on it. how hard you grade the first uh, at that first deadline. For example, if you if you give them like they turn in part one, they oh. don't know it's part one, but it is right. part one. Right, right. And you give <clears> them <throat> an A on it, even though it it needs some rework, they're gonna think, well, okay, I got an A on it, I don't need to redo it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. Whereas yeah. you come guns blazing and say, okay, this is really a B minus mm -hmm. or a C plus. Right, right. 
then they're going to say, well, you know, I don't want a C plus for the class. Right. I better rework this pup. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads to the next version of this is, you know, how do you keep good, um, I don't for lack of a better word, morale or uh, motivation in class that when you're when you're really hard on the students, when you push them, when you really push them, how do you, you know, how, any any feelings on that, on how to maintain a high level of motivation when you're giving the kids C's? Hmm. Sarcasm and mass <laughs> humiliation. <laughs> I don't know, and I'm I'm having that problem now because I have uh, going back to the IS um, because I expect a lot of them, and a lot of them are failing, and it it's just I guess the the way that I'm handling it is I let them know that they're failing, mm-hmm. but I'm always there to say. You know, I know you can do better. I right. know you are capable of making an A easily in my class. Yeah, that that's that's my my tack for the most part. Uh, particularly when I got these kids that, you know, I know they wrote the I know they wrote the paper the night before. It's obvious they wrote the paper the night before mm-hmm. and put as little into it as possible. And uh, actually, I had to smack one down one of my students now for that. And and they're like, look, um. All of this garbage that you poured onto this piece of paper wasted my ink and wasted two sheets of my paper. Um, but I know that you can do better than this, and you will next time, and you'll rewrite this. It seems to be okay. It's, right. It's a little bit of a stick, more stick than I like to use in class. I, I really prefer to work carrots. Yeah. But man, every once in a while you gotta pull out the stick and. But but you have some professors here that. I think my problem is I start with the carrot. Uh. And so. First semester, I I I want because I'm teaching first year students for IES, I want them to ease into it to, um, not be I don't know to to get comfortable. Right. Within this this. The uh, new system. Environment. Right. But. I think that's going too easy. Whereas some teachers who just give them the stick the whole time, the students learn that's what they need to do. Right, right. Yeah, I I tend to, when I'm doing first year students, um, I tend to start the semester at least the first couple of weeks uh, be as scary as I possibly can manage, because I'm not all that scary. And so, and it usually works. And I get some good stuff, and then I kind of loosen it up over the end of the thing. That's the one thing that for anybody you know who's out there, well, where do I start? Do I start with the carrot or the stick? Start with the stick. Start with the stick. Don't um, let them see you. Well, in in high school and middle school, we used to say, don't let them see you smile for the first six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. Dude. Dude, you didn't teach it. No, I taught. No, I, I believe you. I believe it. Six weeks. Harsh. I, I, yeah, but by the second day, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it never really works with me, but that's where I think I need to go next year. Yeah, come in, come in all uh, brimstone and hellfire, and right, but that's only for the IES for my English twos. It's low key, it's these are students who don't want to go study abroad, who will probably never speak. 
English in their professional life. Yeah. Um, and I have our our English two goes from level one to level forty three. Mm-hmm. And I have fifth, 14 through 16, so that's pretty high, but still, a lot of their abilities aren't that great. Right, right. And I just kind of tailor it to, you know, I want you to enjoy the language. Right, right. And I will teach you academic reading, and I will teach you academic writing, but I'm not going to beat you over the head with it. Right. Well, and that's that's where I see, you know, by the time a lot of these kids get into university – um, the primary still it's changing a little bit, but the primary method of teaching English in Japan still really heavily gravitates around uh, grammar translation. Yeah. And um, by the time these kids get to university, not happy. I mean, they they're really done with English. They don't like it. It's it's work. And so, particularly for English, well, one, they've English never two, had a good time with it. Right. Right. And so, particularly in English one, English two, they're looking. I'm looking to make sh- to get them back to, you know, have fun with the language as opposed to here's a drill sheet, take this home and do it. Right, right, right. Um, we are gonna run this one short this week. Okay. Well, I have one last point. Okay. We got about four minutes before okay. the bell starts to ring. Cool, cool. So, academic excellence, and we were talking about setting the bar. But for classes like English 2 or your low-level classes, who do you fail? Do you fail them? Mm. Do you fail students who don't have the ability? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. See, when my, in my situation, it's I, – I, if the student is working really hard and they're – I can tell they're make that you can see whether or not the student's making improvement, whether they're a good student or not. Right. If if I have a, a student who is just not smart and but is really trying very hard, I'll pass them. Even if their work isn't passing, I'll pass them. Because I can tell they're trying hard and I want them to succeed and I want them to do it. And I've never been I've never felt like I've made a mistake by doing right. that. Uh, a couple of times I've had some students who are really smart and, you know, the work is easy and I've come close to failing them because they weren't doing anything. Right. I have no qualms with that. Even though their work was fantastic. When they did it. Though. When they did it. Well, I mean, I always got all my, I always get all my assignments. Um, and if I don't, you know, that's, that, that will fail you. Right. Period. Um, but yeah, if for, for me, if I have a student who's low or borderline, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but I'll scare them and yeah. say, you need to keep working and keep doing what you're doing and you'll be okay. But right now I'm going to tell you, you're right. Well, that's last year I had the sports class, which is all the jocks. Uh-huh. And, um, I had one guy who, and I think he's an English major, but he couldn't speak a lick of English. And the first semester, because it's a year-long class, first semester, I failed him with a high F. Mm-hmm. Second mm-hmm. semester, he came every day. He tried to turn in stuff. And, you know, I, I reward that. Yep. It, if you have a job, even if you're not good, you show up every day and you do your job, you're probably not going to get fired. Right. Right. And so I didn't fire him. Yeah, he no, he passed that second semester and passed the year. And if he would have stayed another year, it wouldn't have mattered. Right, right. Which is another thing. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that that effort counts. You know, you know, a lot of teachers and people make jokes. Oh, A for effort. But no, I, I, you do get an A for effort. You do get an A for being there. It might not balance out to an A. And, you know, if, if you can barely put string a sentence together, you're not going to get an A. Right. But if, if but you're going to pass it, you know, it might be mid D or low C or high D, but you know, you'll, you'll get the credit for it. But that all depends. I mean, that's in this environment. Whereas right. when I was teaching middle school in Texas, they weren't passing because right. I'm not going to send a kid to seventh grade who can't read right. or whatever. Right. Well, and that's, that's another situation. And I've heard echoes of it here. It's like, well, you know, people are passing people who shouldn't be passed. Um, and now they got, you know, little Susie, whatever, and she's not going to be able to, to pass this class because, um, because she's, uh, she wasn't able to, to do the work. And so, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call. What do you guys think? Um, you know, where you, where do you, where do you guys stand on it? Let us know. So there's the music. There's my daughter outside. So, all right. Oh, and there's the bell in the background. So thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate uh, you tuning in. Come hear us again next week when the topic will be, I don't know. We'll decide next week. But we can drink. We are legal drinking age next week. That's right. 21, baby. Take care of you, everyone. Ooh.